Well, hey everyone, thanks for checking out this message from Journey Church. These resources are so awesome to have when you're out in nature like we are and you gotta go be outside on these nice days. However, we want you to know that there is nothing better than true fellowship with believers and live worship with your fellow Christians. So be sure to use this message only in conjunction with getting fed in a community of believers. Hey, we also want you to get connected with us, so be sure to text the word CONNECT to 307-271-9160 so that you can stay in the loop with everything happening at Journey Church and get notifications about upcoming events. Hey, we pray that this message encourages you and inspires you as you continue this life on your walk with Jesus. It is great to see all of you today. Happy Memorial Day weekend to all of you. Um, speaking of, as Grant said, ages you know 13 to 93, speaking of 93, Grant had a birthday on Friday. Uh, and so I want to, since my birthday was highlighted last uh, Sunday without choice, without uh, me having a say, I wanted to make sure to return the favor and let you know it was Grant's birthday on Friday. He is a lot closer to 93 than I am. So that's... Uh, <laughs> Yes, I, I, uh, yes. <laughs> and I love you too, Grant. It is, uh, no, make sure you, uh, make sure you wish him a happy birthday. It uh, bladed a couple of days. Uh, and it just uh, thanks again to the worship team. The, the, the three gals up here, not that the guys aren't great, but they're not compared to the ladies that are up here. They are just fantastic. Uh, and I just so appreciate them. It is such a, we have an absolutely amazing worship team, and we have been almost here for 10 years. We'll be celebrating 10 years in January, and we have been blessed with a worship team, and several of them have been apart from the beginning, and they do such an, they're not here to, to uh, have the attention upon themselves. They're not here as entertainers. They're here to help you connect with God, and I hope you just really appreciate all that they do. Uh, Pastor Stephen has done and such a great job over those 10 years of bringing that team together and creating health in that team and just so incredibly thankful for them. All right, let's dive into the word of God today. We are in Ephesians chapter four. If you have a Bible, turn to Ephesians chapter four. We are in this second section called the walking. Sitting is learning to receive and rest and hear from God and understand our identity in him and quit striving and just know him. Listen to his voice. Listen to his small uh, voice that is speaking to you, that whisper that is speaking to you. Learn to rest and receive from him, understanding your identity in him, and then learn how to walk, learn how to live out this life, this Christian life. What is it going to look like and what is that going to mean? It all starts with these words. In the beginning of the book of Ephesians chapter 4, Paul says, Therefore I, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you were called. Walk worthy of God. Walk in a manner 
that he is going to be pleased with how you're walking out your life. You're not doing so. Just try to convince him to love you anymore. He's not going to love you anymore. He can't love you any more than he already does. He loves you completely and fully, uh, no matter where you've come from or what you've done. However, he wants us to walk it out, to walk in a manner worthy of him. Represent him well. You are the representative of Jesus every Everywhere you go, in the way that you live out your life, you are representing and modeling him, and that is critically important. Walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you were called with complete humility and gentleness, with patience, putting up with one another in love. And that's what a walking out looks like. Humility. The opposite of that is pride. I'm no longer focused on me. It's not about me. It's not about being selfish and self-centered. It's not about having all of my needs met. I want to walk with humility. I want to see myself rightly, the way God sees me. I want to walk with gentleness. I don't want to be harsh and mean and critical and judgmental. I want to be one who walks with gentleness toward others. And then I want to have patience. I want to be long-suffering, patient with people around me, erring on the side of patience and then putting up with one another in love and how difficult that can be because sometimes we're married to people that are hard to put up with. Sometimes we're raising children hard to put up with. Sometimes we look in the mirror and we're that one that is hard to put up with and we need to put up with each other in love. Today we're going to move on to the next section in this, picking it up in verse 17 and the title for today's message is Off with the Old, On with the new. Let's pray as we get into God's word this morning. Father, help us to hear from you. I want you to receive the honor and the praise and the glory and the attention. I don't want any of that. I want it all to go on you. You are our king. You are our Lord, and we want to bow our hearts and our minds and our attitudes to you here today. Help us, Lord, to surrender all that we are and all that we have to you. Help us to learn from the message today what we are to take off. Help us to see the diagnosis of the world around us and help us to put on something brand new. Help us to be different, new in the way that we live out our lives. Lord, I pray if we are not walking in a manner worthy of you, that you would convict us and that you would show us how you want us to change and who you want us to be. Lord, there are perhaps some people in this room today that look back on this past week and say, you know what? I haven't been walking worthy of you, God. I know that. Help me to be different as I go forward. Help me to be new and changed and transformed by you. Lord, teach us now through your word as we open your word. Be working here among us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I want to start this morning with a little bit of teaching. I don't know if you've heard this before. In ancient times, the people of God were called the Hebrews. The word Hebrew in the original language is the Hebrew word ivri. The word for Hebrews is the word ivrim. Why do I bring that up to you today? Well, the word ivri or the word ivrim comes from the root word avar. 
And the word avar means to cross over. The Hebrews were called Hebrews because they were known as the people who had crossed over. Think about the Hebrews' lives and how they had crossed over. Well, it started with this relationship with God, brand new. The Egyptian or the Hebrews found themselves in the clutches of the Egyptians. They were in Egypt. To get out of Egypt, they had to cross over the Red Sea. When they crossed over the Red Sea, they got into a new life. The new life would be walking with God. It would be in the wilderness because of some of the decisions that the Hebrews had made. They had crossed out of death. They had crossed out of bondage. They had crossed over into a new life. A little bit later in the story, many, many years later in the story, after they had wandered around in the wilderness for years, they found themselves at another barrier that they had to cross over. And this barrier was called the Jordan River. And when they crossed over from the Jordan River, they crossed into what was known as the Promised Land. They were called Hebrew Because they were the people who had crossed over. When you cross over, you left the old life and you entered into the new life. Those who ended one life and began something brand new. And that's why they were called the Hebrews. You may have always wondered, where did that name come from? Well, it comes from the idea of Ivri or Ivram. To cross over, to go from one life to a new life. The Hebrews aren't the only ones that experience that because that's the same story for you and I. For you and I, we had an old life, the way that we used to live, and we crossed over through Jesus. And when we crossed over through Jesus, we went from the old life to a brand new life. We are, in essence, the spiritual Hebrews, the spiritual ones who cross over from death to life, from the old to the new. We can no longer go back to that old life. We can no longer live the way that we've always lived. We have to be different because we are in essence, the Evram of God. We are the ones who have crossed over. That's why Jesus says this, unless a man is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says this, if anyone is in Messiah, he is new, a new creation. And as a new creation, the old have passed away, and all things have now become new. If you are a follower of Christ, you have gone from old to new through Jesus himself. And you have been ones that have passed through, crossed through, become Ephraim of God, moving to the other side. Can you say that about your own life, that I am not the same that I've always been? 
I am different. The old has passed away, and I have become brand new. If you are still in the clutches of the old, the old Egypt, as it were, the old way of life, as it were, you haven't really become who God has created you to be, the Evram of God. With that thought in mind, I want us to read what Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17, because here's what Paul tells us. Paul says, so I tell you this, indeed, I insist on it in the Lord. Walk, remember this is the theme, walk no longer as the pagans do. Who are the pagans? Well, that is anyone in this world who does not follow Jesus. A pagan, a heathen is anyone who hasn't surrendered their life to the Lord. Walk no longer as the pagans do, stumbling around in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance in them due to the hardness of their heart. Since they are past feeling, they have turned themselves over to indecency for the practice of every kind of immorality with greed for more. However, you did not learn Messiah in this way. If indeed you have heard him and were taught in him as truth is in Jesus, Yeshua, with respect to your former lifestyle, you are to lay aside the old self, corrupted by its deceitful desires, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. I want to look today at just two concepts. Number one, I want to look at what it means to have the old taken off. So off with the old. And then we want to look at what it means to walk in this newness. Now I'm going to show you just from this, just what Paul said. I want to look at the old that must come off. And let's look at the three things that Paul is talking about that has to come off of your life if you really want to follow him. The first thing that comes off is what he refers to as a darkened mind. This is the description of the way the world operates. It's almost like Paul has transported himself into the year 2023, and he's looking at our culture, and he's describing exactly what our culture is. You'll see this as we read through what he just said. Again, Paul says it this way, so I tell you this, indeed, I insist on on it in the Lord, two things, walk no longer as the pagans do, they're stumbling around in the futility of their thinking, they're darkened in their understanding. Let's, what, what is that idea, what is that concept of stumbling around? Well, if you've ever gotten up in the middle of the night and the house is dark and you are trying to find your way, maybe you're going to the bathroom, maybe you're going into the kitchen, you're doing something else, you're stumbling around in the dark. It means there is no light. You can't see what you're going to trip into. My parents, I remember growing up, we had they had uh, an antique piece of furniture and this little antique piece, well it was a big antique piece of furniture and it had a 
long steel handle about that long, about that big in diameter, sticking out, and it was at perfectly at shin height. It was right at, at your shins. And I remember being in the dark, walking through, just kind of feeling your way through in the dark, and I remember running into that in the middle of the night, hitting my shin on that that antique piece of furniture. And it was so painful. And why? It's because I could not see. I was walking in the darkness. Paul says it's what that is. They're stumbling around in a darkness. Now, what is this darkness going to look like? Well, it's a futility of their thinking, and it's a darkness in their understanding. Let's describe this and understand exactly what Paul is saying. In the Bible, we are described as people who have three components that make us up. We are talked about in the Bible as having a body. We are talked about as having a soul. And we also have a spirit. The spirit is the part of you that God comes into and makes alive. The spirit is often referred to in the Bible as your heart. And your heart, prior to Jesus, is completely dark. It's completely dark and apart from God. It is corrupted. It is depraved. It is sick. It is twisted. It is hard. And that is what our hearts are like. When Jesus comes into your life, he brings light. He brings hope into the heart when you accept him. Your spirit goes to be with God when you die. Your soul does as well. The thing that doesn't go to be with God when you die is your body, your physical body. We are promised that we will be given a new body, which I have to continually remind people, why then work out? Because you're just going to be given a new body. I mean, why? Seriously. You can go strive at the gym, but you're going to be given a new body anyway. It's not, so don't even worry about it, okay? I look forward to the day, new body, full head of hair. I'm going to have a big, uh, big curls or something, big Afro type of hair because I can at that point because I have none today and I'm looking so forward to that in shape six pack abs full head of hair it's going to be glorious but our bodies are decaying our bodies are dying our bodies don't go to be with God what does is your spirit and your soul. Now the soul is also divided into three parts. Your soul is made up of your mind, that is your thinking. It's your intellect, it's your reasoning. It's made up of your emotions, just the feelings that you have. And it's made up of the thing called the will. And the will is your decision maker. Every day, we make decisions based upon what we think or what we feel. And that leads to our actions and our choices and our behaviors. But here's the problem. Without God in the picture, what Paul says is that the mind of the world is what he calls futile. And he calls it darkened. Darkened, meaning there is no light. It is corrupted. It is messed up. 
We come from lives that have, and we have minds that are completely messed up, dysfunctional. Paul uses the word futile. So what does futile mean? Well, the word futile in the Greek means devoid of truth and appropriateness, full of perverseness and depravity. If you think about it, that's what describes the world today. The world is filled with people who have separated themselves from God. I want nothing to do with God. And the result of that is a mind that is darkened. It is depraved, it is sick, it is dysfunctional, it is perverse, and it is devoid of truth. What truth is it devoid of? Well, obviously it's devoid of God's truth, biblical truth. It's not part of that. It's not in the mind. But also just common sense truth is devoid in the minds of people today. For example... It wasn't many years ago that everyone in society agreed with a statement that everybody is arguing about today. And that is, God created them male and female. There was a day where men could not compete in sports with women. But now, in the futility of the thinking of the mind, we can't say men are men and women are women anymore. Because if you're a man, you can be a woman. And if you're a woman, you can be a man because we can't define it anymore. In fact, if you go on YouTube and you watch some of the videos and you ask the question, well, what is a woman? People can't even define this. Even in front of Congress, Supreme Court justices can't define what is a woman. Where does that come from? Futility of mind. Devoid of truth. One plus one equals two is truth, but you can't have that anymore. So it's not just biblical truth, it is common sense truth. And that's what happens to a world full of people whose minds are futile. A rejecting of biblical truth and a picking up of things that absolutely make no common sense whatsoever. These ideas, this functioning in this way is not just a futile mind, the dark mind. It is a perverse mind. What does a perverse mind mean? It means anything dealing with perversion. Perversion is a moving away from norm. A moving away from what God says, this is right and this is wrong. That's where perversion comes into. We think often about perversion among sexual appetites and the perversion that rises up through that. But it's not just sexual appetites. There's perversion when it comes to moral and financial and relational things. And this is the way the world has become. God says these are darkened in their understanding. Darkness covers the mind. They're stumbling around because they're not turning to where light and truth and reality comes from. And so this is one of the problems, he says. When you are crossing over from a new life, or from the old life to a new life, one of the things that has to be taken off is this mind that is completely darkened. Well, a mind that is dark is also a mind that is depri uh, deprived of God. Here's what Paul says. 
here's what I'm going to insist on. So, so when he says, I'm going to insist on this, this is a non-negotiable. This is the standard. I'm insisting on this. You cannot walk like you've always done it. You can't walk the way that the pagans do, stumbling around. They're darkened, and as a result of being darkened, they are, as it says, alienated from the life of God. They're separated from God. You know what an alien is? I'm not talking about an outer space alien, that kind of a concept. An alien is somebody who doesn't belong to the citizenship. Now, there are ways to become a part of the kingdom, part of the citizenship, but there are a lot of people who aren't, and they are considered an alien. That alien is somebody who is alienated from the benefits of whatever that country is. Maybe that's you want to maybe um, renounce your citizenship and maybe you want to move somewhere else and you want to be a part of that other place that you're going to move to. In order to do that, you would have to renounce your citizenship, go through the steps to become a citizen, and you would then be a part of that, that community or that country and you'd receive all the benefits that come with that. An alien, alienated, is someone who has no benefits. No connection, no involvement. And God says the ones who are futile in their mind, darkened in their understanding, they are pagans in this world, they're alienated from God. They have no connection. They don't belong there. Jesus has an interesting parable. And he says this parable in Matthew 22, and I want to read through this together. Jesus answered, he spoke to them again in parables, and he said these words. He said, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who made a wedding feast for his son. He was going to have a wedding party. His son was getting married. It was exciting. We're going to have a party. And so what did he do? Well, he sent out his servants to call and invite those to the wedding feast. But the ones he called and invited, they wouldn't come. Again, he sent out other servants saying, tell those who are invited, look, I've got the meal ready. It's on the table. My oxen, my fattened calf are killed. They're being roasted as we speak. It's going to be glorious. Kind of makes me hungry when I'm thinking about this. Everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But paying no attention, those who were invited went away. One to his own farm, another to his business, and the rest... They were so messed up in their minds that they grabbed the servants of this king, they humiliated the servants of the king, and then they killed them. How messed up is that? These people who were bringing an invitation, and they killed them. Now the king, obviously, became furious, and he sent his troops, and he destroyed those murderers and set fire to their city. Then he said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Well, what would make them worthy? Well, if they had said yes to the invitation. That's what would have made them worthy, but they rejected the invitation. They were not worthy. So here's what I want you to do. Go ahead. Go to the highways. Go to the byways. Invite everyone. Everybody you find. Invite them to the wedding feast. And those servants went out into the highways, and they gathered together all they found, both bad and good. 
What, what does that mean? It means it doesn't matter where you find yourself. You could be the best person in the world. You could be the worst person in the world. You still get an invitation if you'll accept it, if you will say yes to it. When that happened, the wedding was filled with guests. But when the king came in, he looked over the guests and he saw someone who didn't belong. Because this one wasn't dressed in the wedding clothes. Because in that day, you would go to a feast and you would dress up and you would wear the wedding garments that were provided. This guy wasn't. Obviously, he was a wedding crasher. And he really wasn't supposed to be there. Friend, he said to him, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? But the man was silent. Then the king said to his servants, tie him up, hand and foot, throw him into the outer darkness. And that place will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's the picture of hell. Many are called, but few are chosen. Now the word chosen doesn't mean that God is going to pick some and reject others. What the word chosen in that context means is everybody's given an invitation. But not everybody received it. Everybody was given an invitation, but not everybody wanted it. The ones who wanted it and said yes to God, yes to the king, they were invited into the wedding feasts. What does this mean? It means those who don't say yes to God are alienated from the life of God, have no relationship with him. And it's part of the culture today. They're darkened in their mind, deprived of God. And they have what God calls a disgraceful heart. What is a disgraceful heart? Well, here's what he says. Paul says, I tell you this. I insist on it. Walk no longer like the pagans. They're just tripping around in the darkness, in the futility of their mind, because their minds are perverse. They're twisted. They're dark. They're alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of their heart. What does a hard heart look like? Their past feeling. They've turned themselves over to every indecency for the practice of every kind of immorality. They're greedy for more. A hard heart is a heart that says, I want nothing to do with you, God. I don't care what you say. I don't even believe what you say. I will continue down this path of perversion and darkness and twistedness, and I'll do what I want to do. And there is nothing you can say that will make me think any different. And in fact, even if you send your servants to try to talk to me, I will reject them or maybe even kill them because I don't want to hear what they have to say. That is the prescription or the, the, um, the diagnosis would be the better word of what society looks like today. Paganistic, hard-hearted, messed up thinking, perverse thinking, walking around in darkness. And here's the remedy. Off with the old and on with the new. Paul says it this way. However... Even though this is the diagnosis, however, you did not learn Messiah in this way. You didn't learn it this way. You are 
different. Why? Because you were living out the old life and you crossed over through Jesus into the new life. And when you made that decision to cross your old life into the new life, you became different. However, you did not learn Messiah in this way if indeed you have heard him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. The big question is this, if indeed you have heard him, have you heard him? Have you really heard him? Heard him calling out to you? saying to you, would you please give your life to me? Would you please accept the invitation that I'm offering? Would you please come to me? Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Have you heard the call of God? If you've heard his call and you've received him into your life, not being a part of a religion, But you, having a personal relationship with Jesus, if you have done that, you have now moved from the old life to the new life. He says, here are the things that I want you to do. Number one, I want you to lay aside the old. Lay aside the old junk. However, you did not learn Messiah in this way. Indeed, if you've heard him and were taught in him, as the truth is in Yeshua Jesus. With respect to your former lifestyle, this is who you were, your former lifestyle, you are now to lay aside the old self, corrupted by its deceitful desires. You lay it aside. You know what the literal picture is that Paul is painting? It's clothing. That's the picture of this. The word literally means to take off the old garments, lay them aside, get rid of them, burn them. It's no longer the kind of clothes that you should be wearing. It's like in the 60s, the bell bottoms, time to burn them. We're not going to wear those anymore. When I was growing up, when I was in high school in the 80s, it was parachute pants. We're getting rid of those. We're not doing those anymore. Lay them aside. And put on something new. It reminds me of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. You guys remember watching that show? He would come in. He'd have his blazer, his sport coat on. He'd have his dress shoes on. He would sit down on a bench. He would sing, take off his shoes, put on the tennis shoes. He would take off the sport coat, put on his cardigan. Somehow that was comfortable, I guess, for him. And he would do that. And then the show could begin. It was the taking off of the old and the putting on of the new. You aren't who you were. The old has gone and the new has to be put on. What in your life is the old that has to be taken off? Now, I'm not talking about garments here. What is the old stuff? The old way of thinking the old way of making decisions, the old way of living life, the old addictions, the old relating to one another in harshness, the old anger, the old things. What is the old that has to be taken off in order to put on the new? That's the first thing that Paul says. If you really want to walk out this, if you want to cross over and be one of the Ivri or Ivrim, You need to lay aside the old because the new doesn't belong. 
the parable that Jesus told, you lay aside those old garments you put on the wedding clothes, and then you could come in. You can't be who you've always been. We've been sold in Christianity a bill of goods, and the bill of goods goes this way. Just accept Jesus. Ask him into your heart. Live however you want after that. doesn't matter because you've said yes to Jesus, so you're golden. You can live out your life any way you want to. Just say yes to him. Well, the problem with that is that's not biblical. What's biblical is this. You say yes to Jesus. Absolutely. He is saving you by his grace. But at the same time, here's his expectation. Now take off the old. Because I don't want you to be, and I expect you not to be, who you've always been. Take off the old, put on the new, which is what he says next. Put on the new. What is the new? Well, he says this. With respect to your former lifestyle, lay aside the old that is corrupted by its deceitful desires and be renewed. It's the new. Be renewed in your mind. The spirit of your mind. Put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. The word holiness is the word that means sanctified. And there is a sense in God that he is expecting a life that is changed. That your life begins to be a reflection of him in how you live it out. You are now sanctified by God and you are to be different from who everybody else in the world is, but also who you have been as well. Be renewed. How? In the spirit of your mind. Go back to your mind. How does your mind work? Well, it's your way of thinking. It's your way of feeling. And it's the decisions that you make. God begins to change a twisted and perverse and futile and dysfunctional mind. And he begins to change your way of thinking. He begins to change your way of feelings. And he begins to change the decisions that you make as you move forward. Here's God's expectation that you lay it all aside and you cross over in Jesus and you enter into the new and in the new it's reflecting the righteousness and holiness of God. Go back to the beginning of chapter four, walk worthy of him with all humility and gentleness and patience, putting up with one another in love. This is the picture of what the new really is. I want to end with this. You know, the Bible talks often. Jesus confronts the Pharisees often, and he uses this word over and over again. He uses the word hypocrite. I've heard people say to me, well, I don't want to go to church because it's all a bunch of hypocrites. And the answer to that really is, I hope not. You know what a hypocrite was in those days? A hypocrite was an actor. An actor was one who played a role. They would stand up on a stage. Often in that period of time, they would either be playing a role. Sometimes they would even be holding a mask in front of their face, a mask that would portray an emotion. That playing of the role, though, was not who the person really was. Have you ever been disappointed by an actor or an actress where you really, really liked the movie? 
You like the TV show. You love the series. You think, man, this is, I just, you love this person. And then you hear about how this person really is, how they think, what they do, how they act. You know, you hear about the abusive things that are being done, the addictions that are happening, the unfaithfulness, and you think, man, that just ruined the movie for me. That ruined the TV show because I love that person as the character, but I don't like who they are. Well, that's what a hypocrite is. A hypocrite is one who puts on a show, but it's not who they really are on the inside. Do you know what God wants? For you to be real. That the change that happens is not just on the outside. It's not just the putting on new clothes. It's a change of heart that happens on the inside. I was once like this. But now that I have crossed over in Jesus, this is who I am today. Does it mean I'm perfect in every decision that I ever make? No. Does it mean I don't go through times of wrestling and God has to, has to show me and direct me and I say the wrong thing and do the wrong thing? That happens. But God is at work in the process of creating me to be like his son, to be holy and righteous the way that he is. I challenge you with this. Are you living out life as a hypocrite, being fake, not being real, or have you really crossed over, laid aside the old, put on the new, and are now walking worthy of him? We're going to close with a word of prayer. If you would like extra prayer, our worship team will be at the tables in the front after I pray and dismiss us, and you are welcome to come, and we'll pray with you there as well. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Convict us. Lord, we want to be new. We want to be different. We don't want to be the same. Lord, if there are some in here who have just been playing the part, putting on a show and wearing a mask, I pray, Lord, that you would convict their hearts and they would want to repent before you. If there are others who have never entered into the newness of life that you offer, I pray that today would be the day where they say yes to you, Jesus, and they cross from the old life into the new. Lord, help us to not be caught up in the problems of this world, the perverseness, the depravity, the sickness of the world, devoid of truth. But help us to firmly be committed to who you are and the truth that you provide. Lord, help us to be different from this day forward as we go about in the world walking worthy of you. Thank you for meeting with us today, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Have a great day and a great week, and I hope to see you back here next week as we keep moving on. We're going to talk next week about laying aside our anger. See you then. Thanks so much for checking out that message from Journey Church. We pray that it inspired you to trust the Lord, to treasure people, and to transform our world with the saving gospel message of Jesus Christ. If God is leading you to give to this ministry, be sure to head over to journeychurchgillette.com and hit the give icon in the bottom right-hand corner. Your generous contributions allow us to continue making content like this week after week. So thank you for your generosity so that we can keep spreading the message of Jesus Christ all over the internet. 
Hey, God bless you guys. And thanks for listening to this message.